0: wasn't sure whether I was going to get to preach this morning after the stories. <laughs> Last week, uh, Joe Morris shared on the tongue this little, this little thing, a little piece of flesh in our mouth, and I thought, uh, we can't just leave it there. So often we hear wonderful messages, and we say, wow, Joe was great, and... We go into the week, <laughs> and then uh, we come back and we hear another great message the following week, and uh, we say, oh, that was a wonderful word, and we a bit like uh, monkeys when they go through a mealy field, and they see a, mo- see a mealy, and there's a wonderful mealy, and they take it, and then there's another one, and then they drop the other one, and so we got to, we need to actually be doers of the word. And so it's about the tongue again. If I remember, I I don't know whether you remember when we were little, I I seem to remember that uh, one of the most nasty things you could do to somebody was to stick your tongue out at them. (laughs) This tongue is meant to be used for for God's glory. And so in in Ephesians chapter 4, I think it's verse 29 and 30, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up, as it's the, it, it's the occasion, that it may give grace to those to, to hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption." Let no corrupting, rotten talk come out of your mouths. Let our mouths be filled with grace and mercy. Maybe you can remember, I don't know whether parents still do it today, but in our days when you said uh, some dirty word or you were harsh or nasty to one of your siblings, you got your mouth washed out with soap. A very unpleasant experience. You know, you might say, shut up to your brother. And suddenly you were in the bathroom having your, your, your uh, mouth washed out. So we made ourselves dirty by the things that we said. You know, what's, what's the big deal with us? I say, shut up. You know, it's not really swearing. It's not taking the Lord's name in vain. It's not a dirty word. Why get so worked up? Why do I have to have my mouth washed out? What's really so bad about it? The answer is, when I say shut up to one of my siblings, there was no affection. There was no goodwill. No kindness in in my words. It was ugly. There was no moral beauty, no holiness, no love. It was a rotten word. It was rotten. You know, this scripture comes out of Ephesians chapter 4. And it's just a little, little scripture. And sometimes when we pick out a scripture from a, from a whole book, we kind of forget what's gone before. And we need to know what's gone before. We need to know the first three chapters of Ephesians is, a, is about who we are in Jesus. It's about redemption. It's about we've been saved by grace, which we've been singing all morning. It's a, there's a wonderful prayer where, where, where Paul prays that the Ephesians church might know the height and the depth and the breadth of, of God's love. Why? Because he knows that when we experience God's love, when we tap into his love, then what will flow out will be love. What will flow out will be mercy. What will flow out will be grace. And then we have uh, chapters 4 and 5 where a, a little bit about uh, how our conductors, how we, how we react and how we, how we talk to people and how we relate to people. It talks about how we work and we need to work hard and it talks about how, what we do with our tongues. And finally, the, chapter 6 says that we... Uh, have to stand firm and it's a battle. And we stand firm in God. I think Watchman Nee did a book called Sit, Walk, Stand. We need to sit in Jesus. we seated in Jesus. We need to walk, walk with Him and let His life flow through us. And finally stand in the battle. Because it's, it's actually His battle and to put on the full armor of God. And so the battle for purity... The battle for our words to be great and good and wholesome and and bringing life to situations starts with the heart. We don't want uh, unwholesome words. We don't want corrupt words. We don't want evil words coming from our mouths. What might Paul have in mind when he talks about uh, your talk, your words? Well, you may be taking the name, the, the Lord's name in vain, saying swear words. And if you go to, if you're saying, you know, Jesus as a as a swear word, that's why I really struggle with most of the movies today. The, 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 they take the the Lord's name in vain. They just split it out. It's just like seems to be every second word. Our Savior, our Lord is is uh, just. So that might be what he might be talking about. Sometimes we also trivialize what what is what is good and what is what, God, what what's great in, in God's sight. Things like His holiness. Things like hell. You know what I didn't? What we don't realize in South Africa, "damn" is not a serious swear word. But in uh, in America, if you say the word "damn," they because it has connection with hell, and we we trivialising hell. So Amy was in the Bethel books and I don't know what she, I don't know why she said it, but I, I don't know, you couldn't find some damn thing, or <laughs> and she said it out quite loud, and the shop assistant was like shocked, because <laughs> that's what you what you what you don't do. And then also in the modern world in which we live in. We trivialise. We reference sex and body and, and the body in vulgar ways. Something which is beautiful, something which is created by God, is now debased to a, a four-letter swear word, and that has no part in our language. And then I think probably most importantly of all is uh, speaking in uh, in mean-spirited ways. You know. With, 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 with words which don't bring life, with don't bring joy, with saying, shut up, you, or you, you fool. I mean, Jesus is quite harsh on that. He says, you know, you, you, you're committing m- murder when you say you fool to somebody. I mean, I've had to, as I've been preparing this thing in, in response to Joe's preach, suddenly had to look at how I talk about pe- people. And sometimes you suddenly think, oh, well, that person's got, they are they're a complete mess. They're never going to get out of that. That's not what I'm supposed to be saying. You have to start catching. I start catching myself. What are the implications of a mean-spirited mouth, of a mouth which uh, speaks bad language? You know, sometimes I think we think it's macho to like kind of, you've got to throw in the odd swear word. You've got it. you know, I've got friends who who can't say a sentence without, you know, you've got to blank them out. The implication of of bad language, of of language which doesn't bring life, is uh, it doesn't nourish. First of all, it doesn't nourish. It's not useful. Secondly, it'll probably make you sick. Rotten fruit. I mean, Jesus uses the, uses the example of of uh, of rotten fruit of fruit, and you, you know the, the tree by its fruit. So you can know the the, the the your your life, your fruit. You can look at your fruit and say, Oh, that's that's not godly. So it can it can make you sick. Words can be like 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 a virus. That transmit the disease of meanness or vulgarity from parent to child, from roommate to roommate, from colleague to colleague. And it can make us all sick. As as we, you know, some people have caught the flu virus lately. We usually pass it on to each other. Let our words be full of grace and full of mercy. Another thing it does, it, it taints the atmosphere. It makes the things smell bad. We want to be people that says in the scripture we want, to be, uh, we want the aroma of Christ to emanate from us. Wherever we go, do people know that Jesus has been in the room? When you walk into the lift, if uh, you walk into the lift and there's somebody in the lift who's a heavy smoker and been smoking, you can smell it. If you're a non-smoker, you can smell Because it smells. What smell do you and I give off? Do we give off Jesus? And finally, it probably comes from a diseased tree. Bad fruit comes from a diseased tree. So Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil man out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, men will render account for every careless word they utter. For by your words you will be ju- justified, and, and by your words you will be condemned. Matthew Chapter 12. So we need to have a look at this, this, this whole thing of, of how we speak. Are we bringing grace? We need to have a whole new look at our language. And the issue is, the root issue is our intention. Is, our is, is, there, is there love in our heart? Is there love in our heart? Is my mouth the means of grace? So, as you look at what you say, who's ringing? Not me. <laughs> I want to know accents are important. Anybody from Scotland here, when you hear somebody from Scotland, you can't even hear what they're saying, and they're speaking English. Ah. <laughs> An island and, and uh, you, you have Afrikaans accent, and you have an american accent and and we all have we all have an accent <laughs> good Irish accent. when you speak, what do you sound like? What comes out? What kind of ex- accent do you have? Milena about thirty years ago, went to America and she stayed in California. And, they, and, and she went on a trip to uh, the Grand Canyon. And her and her friend got separated. And then he came running to her and he found her and he said, ah, there's some people from South Africa. I've seen, I can hear it in their accent. They're from South Africa. Come, let me show you them. And... Uh, they were Cape Colored. I can't do the Cape Colored accent, but uh, <laughs> they, they recognized her, he recognized her accent. And that's what it sounded like to, to... so she was completely devastated by that. <laughs> but my challenge for, for us is what accent do we, do we give out? What kind of accent are we doing? Is it, is, it an, is it an accent which brings glory to Jesus? So Joe, I think also, I don't want to... Uh, Joe also shared last week from Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6, one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. And Isaiah has this encounter with God. He's, 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 in, church, he's in, the, in worship... On the Lord's day, he's in the spirit and he sees the Lord high lifted up and his train filling the temple. And his reaction to that, his reaction to the encounter with Jesus is that he falls on his face. And he realizes his own sinfulness and he says, woe is me. I'm a sinful man. I'm a man of unclean lips. And I live in a generation of people with unclean lips. We could say that today. But he took it personally. And he was, the, he was the prophet. He was preaching the word. Chapter 1 to 5, he was preaching the word. And yet he realized that in the, in the company that he kept, his lips were also unclean. And so what happened was the, the angel flew from the throne and took a, with tongs a hot coal and put it on his lips. And purified him. And I want to be somebody who is always uh, encouraging, always building up. Thank you. (laughs) And how do I achieve this? How do I make it even more a part of me and and who I am? I do it in a number of ways. One of the ways is just coming to to worship and and just loving my Savior and, and thanking Him and praising Him and worshiping Him. It's the way my heart has changed. It's realizing that uh, my heart has been changed. I've been given a new heart. I'm a new creation. And as in Ephesians 4, I must put off put off the old, take off the old clothes, and put on the new stuff. The new stuff is good. It fits well. I walk in it well. It means I speak nicely. It means I'm kind. I'm generous. Doesn't mean to say my words will always be uh, just loving and kind. There's sometimes we have to speak quite, quite harshly. If Jesus did, I mean, he was very harsh, particularly with the, with the Pharisees and the and the religious leaders of the day, which always scares me because, you know, that's where I'm at, and I oh gosh, gosh, I'm in trouble, I'm in trouble. But Jesus was never crude. He was never rude, but he challenged and he spoke the word as it should be. Now, the rich young man comes to Jesus and wants to know about salvation, wants salvation, and he says he's kept all the commandments, and, and, and Jesus didn't argue with him on that, but he, but he picked out something in his life. He said, go and sell everything you have and come and serve me. And the guy walked away. Troubled, and he he didn't do it. You know, somebody's written a book called Love Wins. Well, maybe love won somewhere down the line, but we don't see from that scripture love actually winning. The the grace of God was there for him, but he turned his back and he rejected it. When he chatted with the Pharisees, he got got very angry. He said, you brood of vipers. It's not like nice, sweet talk. You brood of vipers. So, I need to wrap up. One of the other f- things that uh, we need to do is we need to be in the Word. We need to be people of the Word and in the Word and full of the Spirit and full of grace and full of mercy. And the more I dwell in the Word, I think in Colossians it says, let the, let the Word of God dwell richly in your hearts. Because if I'm in the Word, if I'm uh, walking with the Word and wrestling with the Word, I don't understand it all. But if I'm, I'm walking at it and working it into my life, then I will live a life which brings grace to the world. So the question from this from, this, from today is, is not kind of the moral question, am I avoiding saying dirty words and swearing and all that stuff? The question is, am I building the faith of others by what I say? Is my mouth a means of grace? Is my mouth a means of grace? Or am I frightened and anxious and angry about my life? And that's what's flowing out. Or am I filled and overflowing with hope that the Spirit of God will keep me safe for the day of redemption. That the Spirit of God will keep me. I I, I can can be Jesus to the world because Jesus lives in me. So I want to encourage you today that uh, you can walk. And you can bring the fragrance and aroma of Jesus in the words that you speak to the petrol attendant, to the teller at the bank. If you just let Jesus flow out of you. It's an inside out thing. What Jesus has put in will flow out. I read on Facebook, said if you wanting to find a spouse, the ultimate test is to place them in front of a computer with very slow internet speed and see how they react and see the words that come out of their mouth. (laughs) So I think I'm in real big trouble now because... My gosh, the internet seems to be slow and you get really grumpy and you start saying things that you shouldn't. So so the Lord is going to have to help me. Shall we pray? Lord Jesus, we just thank you that you love us and that your love has been shed abroad in our hearts. And we ask, Lord, that that love would flow out in our dealings with our friends and our dealings with our colleagues, our workmates, our servants, that we would be gracious and kind and gentle. And so we thank you, Lord. Amen.